You're listening to Nonprofit Confidential, episode number 56. Hey there, welcome back to Nonprofit Confidential. I'm your host, Sheila Nimishakavi, and today we have another Nonprofit Boss Network episode for you. Since a bunch of us are working from home right now, a question that has come up a lot has to do with managing a team that is now working remotely. While many organizations already allow staff the option to work from home, this tends to be a benefit used on occasion and not a regular occurrence. For instance, many organizations allow staff to pick one day a week that they'll work from home, or employees may be allowed to work from home to take care of a sick child. It's a great benefit to offer staff because it allows for flexibility, but importantly, it also shows that you trust your employees to get the job done. But there are concerns with working from home. Let's be honest, we're not in front of our computers for eight hours a day when we work from home. Most of us will throw in a load of laundry, take the dog out for an extra walk, or run an errand or two during the day. Now, that's not something we may openly share with our boss, and while it is a perk of working from home, as a manager, you want to know that your team is working during working hours. Another concern is how engaged employees are when they are remote. There could be decreased collaboration and communication among staff while everyone is remote. Now, given the current situation, there's also the added distraction of having kids who are home due to all of the school closures. So I definitely understand why there are concerns about managing remote employees, especially at this time. That being said, many employees are actually a lot more productive when they work from home. While there may be other distractions, they likely won't have people constantly popping into their workspace asking them questions, or they won't overhear other conversations like they might in an open open office. So I think at the very least, we can assume the distractions at home and the distractions in the office kind of negate each other, so it's fair to expect the same level of work. Now, how can you engage employees that are all working remotely? First, I'm going to get into some really tactical advice, so particular actions you can take to engage your team, and then I want to get into a couple of things that you really should not do. So first, let's get into my tips for what you should do. The first thing I would suggest is to hold a weekly virtual team meeting at the same time each week. So gather the team together on a video conference call. You can use Google or Zoom or Skype, whichever video conferencing tool you have available to you. Video calls are preferred because you can see each person, and that means at the very least, we know they are all sitting at their desk and paying attention. Now, for this weekly call, you want to make sure that it's very clear what the purpose of this call will be. Don't just say, we're going to play catch up because people will join the call and tune you right out. So you want to set really clear objectives. For information on how to run an effective meeting, including how to design an agenda for maximum engagement, go ahead and check out episode 25. And I'll also link to this episode in the show notes. 
So if I'm running a remote team and we have this weekly call, my main objective is for all of us to understand what the team needs. So I don't need an update on exactly what you're doing, but I do need an update on what you need from the rest of the team. A lot of times these team meetings are simply a round robin where people go around and they tell the group what they're working on. But frankly, that can be done in an email and does nothing to foster engagement from the rest of the group. And when everyone is working remotely, we need to do everything we can to keep engagement up. Instead, if my objective is to come to the group with a problem that I need help solving, now each person has a reason for participating in the discussion because their expertise is needed. Second, As the manager of a remote team, you want to be sure to do a weekly one-on-one with each of your team members. Specifically, these weekly one-on-one video calls should discuss what their goals are for the week. While it is absolutely a time for you two to catch up and for you to check in with them, at the end of this meeting, the two of you should have a clearly defined set of goals for them to work on that week. Then the next week when you two meet again, you can discuss what they were able to achieve. Now, these goals should be very specific and there should be a very clear way of knowing whether or not they hit their goals. So instead of something like, I'm going to work on this grant report for the week, the goal should be, I'm going to work on this grant report and specifically I'll complete sections A, B, and C by the next time we meet. I'm not saying that you need to micromanage your team at all. But that's why these meetings are only weekly, right? So you have the team meeting, you set your goals, and then you let your team get the work done. In my experience, setting a weekly team meeting for problem solving and a weekly one-on-one meeting combat some of those concerns that managers have when their teams are remote. For instance, by holding a weekly one-on-one and defining very clear goals for the week, you'll know whether your team member is productive or not. If they consistently don't hit their goals, clearly there's a problem. Or if for some reason they aren't able to achieve their goals, you'll have the opportunity to talk about it. For instance, maybe they were supposed to get in touch with someone and that person just never got back to them. Now, in terms of fostering collaboration within your team, a really great side effect of weekly team meetings in which your team problem solves is that collaboration is a natural byproduct. So if I come to the group and let's say I'm the social media manager and I'm struggling to come up with content now that all of our offices are remote, I can now bring that to the group. And maybe another team member of mine has all sorts of ideas for me. So rather than talk about it during the team meeting, the two of us can schedule our own time to chat about all of their ideas and I can figure out how to implement them. As the manager and the one facilitating the weekly team meeting, you can even team people up to problem solve. Okay, so my third tip for managing a remote team is to create fun ways for the team to bond while everyone is at home. This is kind of a tangent, but it's related, I promise. So have you ever done a competition amongst your staff to count steps? I remember when Fitbits were all the rage and all of us had these competitions to see who could get the most steps. That was probably the most fun I had with my team back then. And it was a really easy way for all of us to engage with with each other on something other than work. 
you know, we talked about how we were going to get our steps in. We walked together during lunch. We walked during conference calls. I mean, anything we could do to increase our step count, we did it. So my point is bring the fun back, put together some kind of competition that will get your employees engaged in talking about something other than work. Maybe bring back the step counting or start an office book club, or maybe everyone can watch the same TV show and talk about it. You just want some kind of common thread. All right, so my next tip for managing a remote team, particularly right now, is to have an open door policy. Of course, open door is figurative rather than literal, but let your team know that you know things are a little crazy right now. They may be anxious and find it hard to focus on just work, but let them know that you're here for them. If they need to talk or find that they're falling behind on their goals because it's way harder to work from home with their kids home, let them know you're available to troubleshoot with them. I think the best thing you can do for your team right now is to let them know that you care and that you want to work with them to make your working relationship successful. Okay, my final tip for managing a remote team is to set expectations. If your organization already has a work-from-home policy, you can use that as a guideline. Although, honestly, we're in such a unique situation right now that policy may not be relevant. But if it is still relevant, then that's great. So talk to your team about that policy. If you don't have a policy, or if your policy isn't relevant for the moment, then create some shared expectations amongst your team. For instance, Set some really clear guidance for how often you expect to hear from team members. Maybe you're comfortable with just having the weekly one-on-one and that's all the contact you need. But maybe the work that you do requires more regular communication. Either way, make it clear. Many organizations have some kind of online chat feature built into their email. What's the guidance for using this? If I send a team member an email... When is it reasonable to expect a response from them? Also, right now people might have schedules that aren't your typical 9 to 5 because their kids are home. So set some guidelines around sharing calendars so that everyone knows when you are and are not working. It may sound like we're really getting into the weeds here, but inevitably there will be some miscommunication when everyone is working remotely. Someone will get annoyed that they haven't heard back from another team member, but maybe that team member was just swamped and didn't think that message was all that important or time sensitive. So set very clear communication guidelines and ask everyone to abide by them. I think in this case, it's safer to err on the side of creating very clear and very detailed guidance as opposed to leaving it vague. I am of the belief that you can't over-communicate expectations, and many of us feel better when we know exactly what is expected from us. Okay, so just to summarize, my tips for what you should do while managing a remote team. One, weekly video conference call to problem-solve with the team. Two, weekly one-on-one video calls with each of the team members that you manage to help them set goals. Three, create fun ways for your team to bond virtually. Four, have an open door policy for talking with your team. And five, set really clear expectations for communicating while working from home. Okay, now let's get into the things that you should not do. 
So first, don't assume the regular rules apply. Let me give you an example. Maybe you have some team members who need very little guidance while you're all in the same office. There's enough of those small conversations throughout the day that provide informal guidance so they have a really good handle on what they're supposed to be working on. Now that everyone is working remotely though, those small conversations that used to guide their actions no longer occur. So as a boss, you can't assume that they know what to do anymore or that their role is really clear. Again, the best thing you can do is set very clear goals and expectations and ensure that everyone is on the same page. Another example of this would be to assume that everyone is working their usual work hours or keeping business hours such as nine to five. With kids at home, many of our team members may be splitting their time between being a parent and working. So the regular rules simply don't apply right now. As a boss, the best thing you can do is just check in with your team and ask them to be really honest about what they can and can't do, and then don't penalize them for it. As so many people have said, we are all adjusting to a new normal. Your employees are committed to your team and to your nonprofit. So the best thing you can do as the leader is to be understanding. Set goals and then help your team achieve them, whether they're working 9 to 5 or during the evenings and weekends. The important thing here is to get the work done, not worry about when they're doing it. So along the same idea of rules is don't get hung up on the rules. So earlier I said to create a set of shared expectations, but we can't get hung up on enforcing those rules at all times. As leaders, we have to remain flexible and adjust as the circumstances change. For instance, perhaps when you were discussing shared expectations with your team, you all decided that you would set the expectation that team members would reply to emails within an hour. But maybe you heard back from a lot of your staff that this is actually really distracting and they feel like they have to constantly watch their emails so they don't miss that one hour mark. It doesn't make sense to continue to enforce this rule if it doesn't work for the majority of your team. Instead, revisit that rule, figure out a new guideline that does work for everyone, and try that out. What you're going to be experiencing right now is a lot of trial and error. This is a new situation for you and for your team, so you don't have all the answers, and there is no sweeping best practice that you can implement, right? I mean, because every person is different and every team is different. What works for one group may not work for you. So don't get hung up on setting rules and then rigidly following them. Try it out for a few days and then reevaluate. As your shared expectations change, send out a new message to your whole team to let them know that you're trying something different. One thing that I've advised clients to do is send out a weekly email that summarizes those shared expectations. That way, as you make changes, you can get that message out and also reiterate what those shared expectations are. Okay, so another thing that you don't want to do is book back-to-back meetings all day. I've seen a lot of nonprofits and companies do this right now, and the question I have for everyone is, what are you achieving during these calls? I understand that you want to have your finger on the pulse of how your organization is doing, but if you're constantly talking to your team members, 
that means they aren't actually working. Oftentimes, people feel productive when they are on the phone all day or in meetings all day, but they aren't actually achieving anything. Now, I understand that perhaps you and your team need to strategize and maybe even restructure given everything going on, but once that is done, it's time to get to work. I also know that oftentimes leaders feel like they need to know what their team members are working on at all times, especially when everyone is remote. So leaders are actually often the bottleneck that prevents their team members from doing their work. Look, I'm going to give you some tough love right now. If you aren't clear on what your team members are doing, it does not warrant setting up meeting after meeting with them or calling them every few hours. It means that you need to set clear goals and expectations and then trust your team members to get it done and give them the space to do the work. I get it. It's not easy. We're all anxious right now, and we want to make sure that important activities don't get lost in the shuffle. But perhaps think about it this way. Every time you interrupt your team members with phone calls, it would be the same as you walking up to their desk and demanding their attention. You probably wouldn't do that three or four times a day when you're all in the office together, so there's no need to do that right now. Okay, so I'll end this episode by saying something that I find myself saying a lot in the midst of this craziness. When people look back on this time, they're going to remember how you made them feel. Your team members are going to remember whether you made them feel supported or isolated. Your team members are going to remember whether you made them feel empowered or disempowered, whether they felt like they could trust you or you were out for yourself, whether you made them feel safe or insecure, confident or confused. So I really encourage you as a leader to think about what feelings your actions bring out in others. Think about one year from now when hopefully this is all over and life has gone back to normal. How do you want your team members to feel about you? What do you want them to say about you as they reflect on this time? Now is the time to be there for your team, to support them, and to help them feel safe. And if you need any support, I'm here for you. So please send any questions to hello at thirdsuite.com or better yet, join our private Facebook group. Simply head over to thirdsuite.com and there's a link to the group right from the homepage. And finally, I know we covered a lot today, so for notes from today's episode, head over to thirdsuite.com forward slash 56. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'll talk to you soon.